Greetings and welcome to Inspired Artist Podcast with me, Sirgan Kaur. In today's episode, I get to speak with Sangeeta Kaur, from whom I learned a lot. This was a really educational podcast. I got to hear about her seven-year journey of making a musical based on mantras, which is a really amazing story that I'm excited to share with y'all. I got to talk to her about her classical crossover genre, um, how she does many things. She has her toes in many different projects and she keeps herself fairly busy. And um, she is going to be releasing an album with Peter Cater this year, which is exciting. He won the New Age Grammy this year for one of his albums after being nominated several times. Um, And we also talked about what it feels like to make a transformational piece of musical theater that really Uh, touches not just the audience but the performers in a very different way than she was used to. Um, She started a nonprofit so that she could raise funds to take this musical theater piece Naguma across the country so if you're interested in being part of that please check out her website sangeetakaurmusic.com. All right here we go. So you're in Washington, Washington State. Yeah, so it's um, like a suburb of Seattle. Okay, I see. Yeah. No, it's not where I'm from. Funny enough, it's where my mom is from, mm-hmm. but I've, I'd never been here before I visited in December, so. Aw, and now you're yeah. there, living. Yeah, yeah. Amazing. Yeah, so where good to you? see you. I'm in um, Marina del Rey, California. Marina. Oh, okay, yes, I'm familiar. Yeah. Yeah. Yay. Yeah, it's good to see you too. <laughs> it's been so long. How have you been? How's music? Good. How is everything? Great. Yeah, I actually the last time I saw your face <laughs> was um in, in person. Well, okay, in person I think it was at Solstice. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I think that was the last time that I saw it. It was a long time. Wow. That was and a long then, And I think you had just released an album or we're about to hmm. probably then, if it was the summer but like the last last time I saw your face um was in the last year's billboard was oh. it last year's billboard probably last year yeah okay yeah yay yeah <laughs> so are you coming out here this summer um or New Mexico? Oh, for solstice. No, no, I'm, I, I probably won't. I haven't gone to solstice for like three years now. Really? <sighs> I said I would do it you know if what? I missed it. That was probably the last time I saw you too. Cause I think okay. I was with my, who wasn't my husband yet at the time. And I brought him there and I think that was about three years ago as well. Okay. Okay. Wow. Oh. Yeah. So are you going? <laughs> I'm thinking about it. It's been too long. Okay. So, yeah, I miss it. So I yeah. So I think that's a good sign that you should go. See, I, yeah. so I said to myself, like, when I miss it, I'll go back. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Same thing with um, Satnam Fest. Mm-hmm. It's always right here, but I'm always in the middle of a performance or doing something out of town and I've missed it for the last maybe two years now. Okay. So, and it's literally up the road in okay. Malibu. It's yeah, it's at a great location really, now. I've never been to the because it's there. It will be their third year, I think, there or second year. I don't remember. So I haven't been. This will be yet. their second, I think, because I think last year was the first year because they this were still 
like getting used to it. Yeah. Were you there last year? Yeah, I did go last year. Was it amazing? Was the location okay? Well, the, it's never the same. It will never no, be the same. no, it's not that it wasn't the same. It definitely wasn't. It was like, um, it was sort of like a being at a summer camp. Mm-hmm. Oh. Oh, like, but like, um, like kind of a wildernessy sort of summer camp. So, yeah. um, most of the spaces were, I don't know. Yeah. They felt, I mean, actually the, the built spaces felt similar to like the, the mm-hmm. Joshua tree, mm-hmm. you know, um, architecture and stuff. Cause such a bummer. I yeah. don't even, I don't even want to know what happened over <laughs> there in Joshua tree. <laughs> I think I know, but it's not worth sharing. <laughs> exactly. That's what I'm like. I don't think I really want to know. Yeah. It's always but, been a little bit weird out there, but, but it, it is nice because it's so dry in Joshua Tree. It's like so such, dry. Extreme. You know, it's extreme. Yeah. And this is a much better location for people because I, I think, think so, so many of them were coming from that area anyway. Exactly. So. Exactly. And Malibu is pretty much LA sanctuary. Yeah. yeah. So. Yeah. yeah. No more fires. That's all. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No more. <laughs> so are you, what are you up to um, these days? Um, so I, I basically take a little break from usually like November and then through the holidays Okay. because my year from like February and we're in it, I'm in it now. I, I just got over the flu actually. Oh, okay. And I had so much work to do, but I was like, I'm not supposed to start yet. I'm supposed to be in bed. So usually February through October, it's just killer nonstop production mode albums, um, marketing. I mean, you know, the drill, all of that stuff, concerts, performances. I actually don't know anything about marketing. I would love oh. for you to enlighten oh my gosh. about marketing. I am <laughs> learning every day about it, you know, because it changes constantly. And I mean, it's, there's always something more to know. And then there's stuff that you're just like, forget it. Mm-hmm. It'll take up your entire artistic <laughs> life. <laughs> So it's, um, it's a balance game, definitely. And um, so from now until October, I'm basically, this year is kind of insanity. Um, I'm doing an EP with an artist and two albums, one that will release this year, but one will release next year. Um, And it's just because of timing. Some of these artists are from other countries and this is the only time. Uh, And then I'm, planning a tour with another band that should be starting this summer. And oh, once okay. that gets going, it's supposed to be like 20 to 40 um, performances in this, this next, this, this year. Wow. Um, and so this is a band that is going to be supporting you or like you're joining them. So I am basically their opening band band um, oh. performer, but they, it's, I, I want to say who, but I have to wait. Until okay. Okay. I, it's cool. really fun. So anyway, they're really amazing and very well known. Just the, the lead um, performer is a male and he is a total angelic being. I mean, I'm kind of an, awe with him and his wife all the time and so anyway I met them through so many sources and it finally 
something happened. We came together and we totally fell in love and we're like, let's do this tour together. <laughs> um, and it's going to be beautiful because they're really big. They're really well known. But, you know, he was like, I don't want it to be you just open and then I come up after. Let's uh -huh. blend this. Let's you and I do uh -huh. some duets together and we write some music together that really work with our sets and then we can oh, sort nice. of transition that way. And I just, it's going to be so beautiful. I'm so excited. It'll be a lot, it'll be a lot of work, lots and lots of work and lots of stuff on my plate, but it's okay. <laughs> I'm really excited. <laughs> okay. So I already want to do a follow-up to this podcast that's yeah. after that show and then you can tell us all about it. Yes. For sure. I sh we okay. should know, we should know <laughs> within like a month now. Once we have our date set, okay. then I can tell everybody. Awesome. <laughs> cool. And yeah. so, so I, I think I interrupted you and I asked you what you were up to. So you've been, <laughs> you, you've been doing the marketing and the performing yeah. and, and when you, per so when you perform, are you doing mostly English language stuff now or do you, do you do mantra no. stuff? Like when you, yeah. Okay. So, um, Ready to go, huh? Should I just go for it? Oh, I am <laughs> recording. Okay, here. yeah, I. It's it's um, so much more natural this way. So <laughs> yeah, and it's so good to see your face because usually I'm like talking to the air. <laughs> um, so the music that I I've been doing pretty much in the last four years. So it really started with um, this production because having my operatic background, theater background. The production was um, a story about a, an 11th century yogini. She was a Brahmin, and she came from the. It, it was it was um, discovered through the whole Tibetan Buddhist lineage, and that I had been practicing for ages um, before Kundalini Yoga. It's, it was like my foundation. Always has really been my foundation, and so one of my Buddhist teachers, he's a Geshe, and his job when he came out of the monastery and, and he's a white man from New Jersey who went 25 years in the monastery and became a Geshe, <laughs> like <laughs> incredible man. I don't even know what that is. I, I know very little about Buddhism actually. Would you mind telling us what that means? Yeah. So um, in Tibetan Buddhism, there are different levels and it's based on how many years of study that each Buddhist monk has had, um, what empowerments they've gone through, who they've studied with, a whole series of things too, whether you're a venerable um, or a Geshe or a Rinpoche. So there's okay, a, I've heard of Rinpoche. Not Rinpoche is um, someone who devotes their lives to come back to mm. this world. So um, they choose to reincarnate back into this world and become a monk again. Oh. Um, and so anytime a Rinpoche passes, they know that just like the Dalai Lama, um, some a group will go out and seek for them again after right. they pass. So they're considered Rinpoches. Um, Geshe is, can be similar. Um, another step down, they don't necessarily choose to come back, but they're a high-level monk who spent at least 25 years in the monastery. Okay. Um, venerables tend to be a little bit less here, but they had devoted their lives to Buddhism as well in that path. Um, so when they become a monk, they become a venerable. Okay. Um, anyhow, so this Geshe, he came out and his teacher said to him, um, your job is to go and run a business to prove karma, right? Uh -huh. And also to translate as many things as you can find that is archived from Tibetan 
um, and from Sanskrit into English. So he had spent his life, he has an entire library and university basically translating all of these old um, scriptures and teachings and stories and all, everything that was still remaining and not burned. Uh -huh. um, so he discovered this one thing. I don't know if it was a book. I don't know if it was a series of them, but it was about um, uh, the yogini Lady Naguma. And when I started on the path, that was like the first thing that I heard about. And it's like the story about this woman who taught other women um, high tantric yoga on an island called Sosa. You know, she taught only women mm -hmm. and sometimes an occasional monk or mm -hmm. male somewhere. So, um, you know, I had this vision in my mind of that story that I was hearing about. They would learn all of these to, you know, uh, master these cities of being able to walk on water through walls and fly and telepathically communicate all things that we have capability of that we just haven't tapped into yet. Mm -hmm. Right. And so, um, when I heard that and having like this operatic background and theater, I was like, one day I want to write this story and a, and a play, right? And put it on the stage and have all this beautiful mantra music to go with it, to help to tell the story. And so um, it took me about seven years in order to manifest that. Um, you know, it's, it all happened in a divine, miraculous way. And in 2016, I had this opportunity. I, after four years of not recording and releasing anything, I finally said it's time. I, it was called Naguma. That was the first album in 2016. And then um, we basically took all of that music, which was a mix of Kundalini Yoga mantras, Tibetan Buddhist mantras, um, stories, lyrics to tell the story. And so we brought that music and put it on stage. I produced... Um, I had someone help me write the script. We, we had choreography. I mean, it was the most miraculous, miraculous thing. We premiered the show in 2016 at the Broad Stage. Oh, wow. So that was, yeah, that was sort of like the start of it all. It was this most beautiful um, combination of everything fine arts from modern dance to ballet, classical dance, um, and influence with yogic posture and asana. And then the music was a combination. It's like pretty much classical crossover. We had our string section and our band um, and all of the music came from that album and some, um, and it was just, I don't really even know how it happened and it happened. <laughs> so after that, I wrote a second album as a sequel to that so that we can add more music for that show. So now it's like, um, trying to fundraise for it. I started a nonprofit in order to do more conscious-based theater um, productions. It's expensive, but we really, I feel, you know, I've done all the opera stuff and I really want to bring something more um, high vibrational and today and relatable today mm -hmm. and high consciousness and kind of streaming all of that in onto the stage. And we're actually seeing more and more of that now, which is just so exciting. Um, and then from there, as that project is, you know, on its way and living its own thing and doing its own thing, um, I just kept writing music, like, trying to connect more to a mainstream audience, but still bringing mantra music and 
combining it with a modern classical crossover style. So that's really been my thing. And I think it's, you know, truly just the 20 years of training in the classical world and then having massive amounts of realizations and awakenings and saying, oh God, how do we bring all of this together? So um, I feel like my true musical essence is um, bringing that classical world, cinematic world and conscious world together. Um, so that's really been been the thing that's just been happening and that's felt so organic and so natural. Um, so all of the music now, it's really on that level. The next album that I'm working on now, uh, one of them, is actually more electronic-based, ambient-based, um, still with a classical crossover feel as well because the musicians that I'm working with are like world touring virtuosic pianists and composers of the classical world mm -hmm. but they also love um, electronic music so they do classical crossover electronic music mm -hmm. and so we're bringing classical cro crossover electronic music with mantra as well as my own original um, songs that I, I would be adding to it so that's one of the next projects um, that one probably won't release until next year, like in January or so. Um, but the one that I will release this year is with, I don't know if you know, Peter Cater. Oh, yeah. So, How fun. Yeah. He's he, a good he friend. He won the Grammy this year, right? He won the Grammy this yeah. year. And he won his first Grammy after like 13 nominations. Yeah. yeah two years ago. I yeah. know. Poor guy in like two at the same time. Yeah. He has been waiting well, so long. In, in having been through that process <laughs> of like, you know, submitting and not, yeah. the nomination part is the tough one, really, I feel like. It is tough. Because that's whole... where the pool is the biggest, right? Well, um, so you have your, have you, are you, uh, are you a voting member? Are you yeah. in like that whole, okay, yeah, yeah. so you know the whole crazy yeah. web of it all. So, you know, the first round is um, the biggest, the bigger pool. Yeah. Genre, right? So that's uh, within our genre. It's usually world music or new age. Um, and it's about what, almost 180 something people who submit. Yeah. So that's us, right? We're the ones who listen to as much music right, as we right. can, and we vote. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, so after that, it's the top 15, then goes mm -hmm. into for the committee and da-da-da. And that's a smaller pool, but um, from there, we have no idea what happens. Yeah, yeah. From there, we just let go. Okay, <laughs> done, you know. Well, but you don't, you aren't made aware of who the 15 are, are you? Because I've no. never seen that list. Okay. No one's, no yeah. one is ever made aware of it yeah. at all. Yeah. I think it would be nice if they did. You know what, you know what I found really interesting when looking at that? Because um, I think last year was my first year of being a member is how the um, full, I think it's the Americana or folk music category is mm -hmm. like the, like the least amount of submissions. Um, that, yeah, I know that there are several um, genres where they have very little submissions. Yeah, I was I like, think, hmm, maybe I should make a folk. <laughs> folk I song. know, right? Oh, this is so, it's just such a funny thought. Like, it doesn't make like, any sense. Maybe I should switch <laughs> genres and write music totally different. <laughs> so I can submit to a, yeah, no. <laughs> exactly. But I did, that did cross my mind. I was like, hmm. I know. And <laughs> then you go into like, the classical genre it's 
ginormous. Just yeah. Just the mm-hmm. pop genre and all of totally. that. It's, it's a whole thing. I mean, it's, it's been fun. It's my, this would be my fourth year. Um, and honestly, at the end of the day, <clears throat> you get so much um, connections with people and the industry. And, yeah. I mean, in four years, I've met so many amazing people. Some of them, my dearest friends now and we've been collaborating like we just can't stop collaborating I mean I've I've been so blessed to meet such good friends through the process yeah Peter Peter is one of them from like going to (laughs) events is that um a combination of events um performing different places and just meeting all of these people Mm -hmm. before if you joined two years ago before that they had what was called Grammy Pro Okay. I, I don't yeah. think they, I think they might've taken it down the year that you joined. Oh, okay. So that was also a really great resource. It was their own online source. You can see everybody from every chapter in the world oh, and connect wow. to anyone. And then people complain and they didn't like it for whatever odd reason. <laughs> oh, that's, oh, because maybe they were getting like, um, what's the word solicited? I'm not sure. I think it's, no, I think it was more the interface that they didn't enjoy. So they would say, okay, contact me via email instead. Anyhow, I loved it because I met Peter there. Was it kind of like a LinkedIn sort of thing? Kind of. You had a profile and... Exactly. Exactly. But then everybody was there. Now you have to... Really great. Yeah. Now you kind of have to scrounge and figure out where everyone is and like... I don't know how to figure out who is a member and who isn't. It's... But as, as a PSA to anyone listening, if you are a musician, please join the Recording Academy yeah. because I, it, I, find it, I find it funny when people are like, are complaining about someone not winning or whatever. And it's like, well, yeah. vote. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I was laughing because, um, so this year, Cindy Lauper came, she came to speak at this thing called Oh, I saw Island. that. I, yeah, yeah, I was invited to that. I don't live near LA. So. I know. So yeah. during that next time you should just come out here like the week before the Grammys and go to. Yeah. Everything. Yeah. Oh, oh, is that when they have most of the stuff is like right before? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's Sorry. Like Grammy week right before, right before. Uh, okay. Um, so anyway, she, she said, you know, cause it was talking about like, uh, how do we change the industry? How do we protect the artists and such and such? And she said it. She's like, don't complain if you're not doing anything. <laughs> like, right. join in, speak up, come to, the, come to the rallies, join the force. You know, you can't complain if you're not doing anything about it. So right, right. And it's true. Yeah. Very true. Yeah. And um, it takes so little to be able to be a member. I think people don't understand that either. I think now it might be a little bit easier. You have to be um, recommended. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, contact me and I'll recommend you. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) We get two, two um, recommendations that we can put out a year every month. So um, you can refer a couple of people every year, but I also think they have to be active musicians, artists, producers, Mm -hmm. writers Mm -hmm. um, have had released certain amount of music in a year or collaborated. Okay. This is all great information. My manager is trying to become a member this year, so I know I'm already giving one of my recommendations. Oh, awesome. I'm so sorry. I'm like, 
kind of like clear my ass. <laughs> the flu was you. Terrible. If you ever want to, if you ever want to um, do that while we're while we're talking, you want to give it like a really good clearing. Just feel free to <laughs> just feel free to mute. You can just click on the mute button down there. That's what I do when I'm. <laughs> I'm like, I'll just uh, mute myself and like really cough. Let, let me just let and then it all, okay. And then I'll talk. I can talk for you while you, while you do that. <laughs> so terrible. I'm so glad that was over. <laughs> do you have a, a mug that has, is that oh, you? Okay. <clears throat> it is. Mug? <laughs> this is my, okay, but hold on. I'm going to show you first. This is my little cousin, Summer. She, Aww. these are little clips from the music video. I'm not going to break from my Aww. album mirrors and they just they love doing this this is my second mug that they've made for me <laughs> oh and it's cute. the cutest thing right really so these cute. are all mirrors it's a mirror <laughs> mug. yeah she did a naguma opera um, mug for me as well so sweet neat <laughs> so you have a supportive family i have an amazing amazing family um, I, I just was saying to my friend yesterday, I believe it was, I said, you know what? I know that when I get old and frail and who knows if I'll be by myself at the time or still my husband, children, I don't know. And if I don't have children, I was like, I will never be lonely. I will never be lonely in my life because I always, I see elderly and, you know, like we just did a concert at a senior citizen home on my birthday a few weeks ago. And I just thought, gosh, I hope their family comes. I hope they have family. Mm -hmm. And I just realized some people, when they get old, they don't have very many people in their lives mm -hmm. and they may end up being by themselves or with their one neighbor or something. And I just felt really blessed because I have a gigantic, gigantic family I and everyone is amazing um and I just I thought wow I'm gonna have all of them and all these like kids and little cousins <laughs> and, and they're gonna be like bugging me <laughs> you know and then just the most incredible community of friends and like-minded people I just I feel blessed every day to have so much around and so many people around yeah. Do they live um, close by or are you from California originally? No, yeah. Originally from here. Um, yeah. Everyone's here. My mom's family, they're all at least, you know, within an hour from uh -huh. me. Oh, kind of, I know. It's amazing. Um, my dad's side as well. They're all here. And then, of course, some family members out of state, but most of them are here. Wow. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's, I have about 70 cousins <laughs> oh my god <laughs> it's insanity during holiday family get together <laughs> but it's beautiful because they're they all they all love each other like mm -hmm. everyone's so close i i don't even know how it happened it just did everyone <laughs> really they have a lot of love for each other yeah. it's wonderful yeah oh that is nice that's it is uh, i mean i guess i won't say unique but it's not not entirely common Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah, especially it's not, in the United it's States. Not common. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I think it's partially due to the Vietnamese culture as well, but not every family is like that either. That's so funny. I was gonna say I was gonna say Vietnamese and I don't know where that came from. <laughs> <laughs> I had no idea that that's what that okay. Maybe cool. you were Vietnamese in another time. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> You're like, that sounds like me in another lifetime. <laughs> yeah, this lifetime I, I attracted um, not very much family. <laughs> really? Like, well, I have close family. I have a, I have a, a brother. Mm-hmm. Um, my mom has a very big family on her side, but she doesn't really talk. She doesn't really communicate with them. Mm-hmm. So I never really met them. Um, yeah. I know like her brother and, mm-hmm. um, and then my dad was adopted and he had a, he had a pretty small family too. So, mm-hmm. you know, or at least of the ones that, you know, we that met. He, yeah. yeah. Exactly. I know. It's, that's why I, um, I just, I look (laughs) when we have family gathered, we've Uh had a lot. It's, it was Lunar New Year's, you know, it's a big Uh Asian thing. And I'm just looking at all the family members and I'm thinking, (laughs) (laughs) and you know, so during Lunar New Year's, once you get married, once you're married, you Uh no longer get to receive red envelopes. I don't know if you know about those red envelopes. No, no. Explain. (laughs) <laughs> these things uh-huh okay so it's a cult it's a um i think chinese celebrated vietnamese celebrated um koreans i don't remember i don't there's one more asian culture that celebrates lunar new years and so the the tradition is the youngins all the kids and unmarried uh-huh. and you have to be you know kind of young you can't be too old and unmarried uh-huh. <laughs> you basically get in line and you think of blessings that you want to <clears throat> say and offer to the elderly or or to okay. your your elderly and the seniors right uh-huh. and so all the kids will get in line you know do this and then it's their turn and they'll go up to their auntie or their uncle and bless them with good health or abundance <laughs> or joy and peace whatever it is <laughs> and then they receive a little envelope and it usually has money in it <laughs> Oh, okay. <laughs> so, um, but once you're married, you no longer receive these mm. unless a really nice auntie and uncle still wants to give it to you. <laughs> <laughs> so this year was my year to give these out. And it, I know it was a, a big, big difference and change for me. I was like, mm-hmm. I don't get them anymore. <laughs> so that's, during the tradition. That's a fun transition though. And you, you basically, you go from receiving to giving yeah which yeah. is a form of receiving it is absolutely but I was like wow gosh I'm in that seat now <laughs> <laughs> did so you were so did you just get married this year then I got married um August uh, last year okay okay yeah so that's yeah. why it's the first the first lunar exactly <laughs> oh congratulations thank <laughs> you so much yeah so after the wedding after the release after the grammys after all of that i i was like done <laughs> done i i took yeah. a good like two months break just to kind of rethink the next year and yeah it's a lot that's awesome and it feels like every year just becomes more and more and more and kind of just brace yourself you know (laughs) yeah yeah well it sounds like an exciting year yeah um I can't wait to hear that album with Peter Cater that's really cool yeah 
I yes. know. I have no idea. He's writing. I'm writing. We're meeting up in a few weeks and kind of just laying it all on the table and mm-hmm. and seeing seeing what comes out of it. So I you probably know this, but I thought it was so cool that he tunes his piano. I mean, this is really unheard of to mm-hmm. 432 hertz. Yeah. Um, like that's a big I, instrument to tune. Yeah. Yeah. But I found out about this because my friend, maybe you know him, Arslan. Yeah, Arslan Chaudhry. Yeah. So he was house sitting for him Mm -hmm. in Hawaii, and he happened, and he's a pianist, and he he told me how he has this really interesting. How do you you know Arslan? The Kirtan community in Santa Monica. Yeah. (laughs) He was was like my one of my first new friends uh, when I moved back to LA, maybe in what 2011 2012 or something oh, okay like yeah but he was he should have been an old friend from new york we knew each other we never met and we only met when i moved back here okay he's great i love him he house sits for everybody anyone <laughs> any no 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 not everyone anyone with a piano right right no, <laughs> yeah he's actually house sitting for our friend right now <laughs> <laughs> that's really funny yeah, yeah i mean that's that's a great gig I'll, I'll yeah. watch your piano. Yeah, I'll watch your <laughs> piano and your cats if you have them. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I thought that was really special. Um, mm-hmm. I'd never heard of someone tuning their, their piano to 430. Yeah, it's, um, I know he just, Peter is now, so Peter is in on Maui half the time, and then he's in Boulder half the okay. time. So he also just got a brand new uh grand piano in his space in boulder so i think he just posted something about it and he's going to do his first concert and i hope he tuned that one to 432 also yeah that would be amazing it's a beautiful beautiful piano yeah i bet so i just bought myself a keyboard and i'm you're like and i got a keyboard (laughs) yeah yeah i left my well i left my piano i had an upright piano in um in Phoenix, that's where I was living, mm-hmm. and uh, where I am now, there's no room for it. So when we move in July, there hopefully will be room for it. I know it just feels so different. <laughs> I know a piano is really it's so hard to travel with, and you just don't. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. I we have a piano here, and it's a little bit too big for the space, so we might be downgrading. Also, <laughs> it is a beautiful grand. Um, yeah, my dad has a baby grand, and that's you know slightly smaller. Mm-hmm. But you know, people don't really buy pianos anymore, so you can get them pretty affordably. You can. You can. Yeah. There was um, one vendor, a friend of mine. He was asking everyone if they wanted a uh, like a nine footer grand piano, because um, sadly, um, a lot of people give up their pianos or they had financed them mm. and you would be astonished at how many pianos the bank owns oh my gosh and what do it's they do with the them the saddest thing so they have they're just like piled up like there's so many so or... they'll auction them and but the nine foot piano is the hardest thing to place in anyone's oh, house right and so those are the hardest for them to sell and get rid of as well so there are a lot of pianos out there, massive big ones wow. that are very affordable. Yeah. It's so sad though. Same time, it's like, just let them keep it. What do you do with it? 
I know, I know. Terrible. Yeah. Terrible. Yeah, and they sound, I mean, just the the sound difference. There's like a, there's such a, an amazing connection between the instrument when you play a piano versus a keyboard. Yeah. I just, I feel like I'm better at it when I play piano than when yeah. I play keyboard. But yeah. you have the wood. It's the mm-hmm. soundboard of it. I mean, it's yeah. really connecting to the body of the piano, the spirit of that piano. It's, it's alive. Yeah. They're totally alive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm curious about this musical theater piece that you created. Are you doing mm-hmm. other performances of it? So, um, yes, that's the goal. Um, after we premiered that, the, the first show, I, it was um, truly a life-changing experience because, you know, I realized not only does the world and theater goers and music lovers need to have more content like this, but the performers as well. Um, I always say the feedback from the, the production team and the performers were the most impactful for me mm. because you don't, you don't have any idea what it's going to turn out to be like. You just kind of go with it and then you learn later. But, um, you know, I felt that from the feedback from like the dancers and the performers, they said to me, a lot of them said, you know, we wish we had more jobs like this mm. because I've never felt so good in my body. I actually feel like it was a much more healing experience and nurturing experience on my body, on my voice, on my playing. Um, and even with the backstage crew, you know, they felt it was more of a team effort. Everyone was really there together, working together, and it was a very positive atmosphere. And I said, well, we're chanting on stage and dancers are dancing to mantras Mm -hmm. and you know, it's a totally different vibration for all of us. Mm -hmm. So when you're spending hours and hours rehearsing to that one mantra piece Mm -hmm. for hours and hours and hours, it is running through their bodies, their consciousness more than they will ever understand. And so transformation is happening and for each person it's completely different their stories their transformation their experience is going to be so different from what whatever they're going through personally in their lives so the stories that I was getting back from each person was so different Um, and it made me realize that we need to have more productions like this for these performers some of these performers are the leading top dancers in the industry right now who are dancing on major productions and so they're they're worn out you know it's it's a hard it's a hard job um and so but they're going out there they're the leaders of their industry and I realize oh my gosh if we keep doing this these leaders are gonna go out transformed and they're gonna lead their communities completely differently Mm-hmm. You know, it's going to influence them and then it's going to influence their lives and everybody around them. It's the same thing, right? Mm-hmm. Whether we're singing it or we're moving to it or we're working around it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that to me was so huge. It was, it was the motivation that said, okay, I'm going to start a nonprofit so that we can have more productions like this, um, get more artists, you know, 
um, performing with in this environment with this kind of music with this intention these storylines and um, so I did I started a nonprofit called empower with art productions and um, so the goal right now is to raise a couple million dollars so that we can take this on tour and it not just be a weekend thing or a two weekend thing but that we can actually move it across the states the nation um, but we I really like your I like your big vision love it yeah it's a big vision and love I it. and anything is possible that's what I keep telling myself <laughs> like, you, you know I'm in I'm in um like I think the wealthiest possibly the wealthiest part of the United States right now really um, two million that's nothing yeah it's a million dollars I mean yeah because um because I'm in you know I'm like we're Amazon and Intel and Microsoft oh, yeah. and like all, all of these companies are so most of the people around here work for these countries or companies mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. I hear my boyfriend talk about the budgets for some of the projects that oh, they yeah. do and my mat like I'm like <laughs> it's like drops. where does everyone how do you pull all that into one <laughs> bucket you know it's, it's, yeah or yeah. and and the and the and the failed projects um, and their budgets, you know, like just, the I know. I just want to go back to who was it who said, I will only hire people. And this is somebody in the tech industry too. They're like, I will only hire people who have failed at least three times. So failure <laughs> is not a bad thing. Right. Yeah. 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 No, it's, right. it's just, it's a, even if it costs a lot. The, yeah. No, the only thing that went through my mind is I'm like, wow, I'm thinking so small. That was yeah. what I thought. Exactly. I was like, I need to start thinking bigger. So yeah, but the, in the film industry, it's quite similar. Yeah, yeah. Some of the budget for these films are ridiculous. Right. To right. do a two and a half hour film uh -huh. that is popular for like the first year. And then if it's not a, it doesn't turn into a classic, it doesn't last anymore. And that's it. Right. But um, the amount of money that goes into that industry as well is insane. Right. Right. Yeah, I know two million is nothing, yeah. and um, I know that we'll do it, and we'll do it pretty quickly. Um, right now, we're you know creating our whole deck and everything, and um, I feel like in the next year we'll be able to get it going. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, I don't know what else I'll be able to do once that happens, but <laughs> that might yeah, be you it. might that turn might into the. Well to the empress oh it's empower but yeah empower. you could be the empress the empress of your empower <laughs> art the empress of empower with art productions <laughs> <sighs> but it's exciting um yeah. and it's one step at a time this mm -hmm. year is definitely a fully packed year and it's really enough just to get the 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 deck going and then next year would be the year that we would push for it yeah yeah. So what does your, what does your flow look like? Do you have like people who help you do kind of the left brain stuff in your life? Yeah. 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 Um, I'm born Capricorn <laughs> with a Virgo rising. So I do a lot of the left brain stuff too, but oh, do um, okay. I do, I, right. I don't always like it. Um, in the last three, four years, I've learned to give up a lot of the duties mm -hmm. um, and so yeah I do have my go-to team um, whether it be the production team I have an incredible um, group of artists that I've been working with 
Um, and then as far as the whole marketing side of things, I have a really amazing go-to team as well when I need it uh -huh. um, to do all of that stuff. It's, it's a lot, as yeah. you know. There's, yeah. it's, there's so many different pockets of things that need to be done. And within each of that is an entire team of its own. Um, but I've been really lucky to have accumulated one person after another through the years and people that I really love and trust and, um, and they produce incredibly. So awesome. yeah, I, I couldn't do it without it. And it, it really took years to, to meet all of these people and, um, to build that relationship and that real understanding of the whole purpose behind all of this. Mm -hmm. um, you know, for me, it's important that everyone who I work with and when we're doing anything together, that we all feel good. We have really good communication. We're on the same page, but we all have a lot of love and respect for one another. Um, and it's really been about that. And it has been that for, for a while now. So it's, yeah, it's been amazing. Awesome. Yeah. I'm glad to hear that. Yeah. Yeah, I think I might want, I'm going to follow up with you and ask you about the, the marketing stuff because yeah, that's an area sure. that I'm totally clueless about. And I'm yeah, curious. honestly, it just yeah. takes a couple of um, really amazing, trustworthy, experienced people to, that you need to know um, that can just kind of like start it and open the door for you and kind of give you all the information details that you would have never thought about. Yeah. And then from there, you can see how much you can do on your own and how much you need to delegate. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, if you're running like your own full-time self-business, you uh -huh. might be able to do that all on your own. Yeah. And, and making sure you leave creative time. That's the hard part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah sure. It's the most important part. And then it's the hardest part. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's easy to fill up our schedules for sure. That's it actually, is. do you, so do you actually block out creative time for yourself? I do. Like for instance, yeah. this week, especially when I know there are deadlines, like, mm -hmm. um, for example, if I'm with this album with Peter, we know that we want to release during this time and, and we just kind of backtrack everything and, you know, I need to finish a certain amount of music by this date. So, you know, everything's on the calendar mm -hmm. and a lot of artists don't work that way. I wish I had more um, flexible time uh -huh. but for me with the practical mind if I don't actually put it in my calendar mm -hmm. it just it won't happen because yeah. it's just building up there's so many things that need to happen and um, so creative time for me I schedule it I plan it and I work well that way actually mm -hmm. like because my mind is ready for it I'm set up for it you know, I prepare myself energetically for it and, I'll, and then I'll sit and literally lock myself in my studio and just meditate and get the downloads. Mm -hmm. And that's it, you know. Mm -hmm. But um, it is, it's, it's uh, you have, for me, I have to, I have to uh, manage my time. Yeah, yeah. That, that is something that I think um, is, unique about you know having a job in yeah. a in a creative field is that you it's re I mean even more than being an on you know being an or just a regular entrepreneur right mm -hmm. because um that might seem a lot more obvious what you would block out if you were you know running your own company that yeah 
you know, that didn't necessitate sort of like a creative brainstorming time or like creation time. Exactly. But yeah, I, I actually really like that idea um, of, of blocking out time. I have to block out time for everything because it's just when my kids are at school right now. How many kids do you have? I have two. (sighs) Yeah. How old are they now? Three and six. Wow, they're yeah. so little. <laughs> yeah. they're really cute. Amazing. Yeah. 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 See, you have a busy life. You're a mom. Mm-hmm. You have your work. You have your artistic life as well. It's it's um but one thing one thing I've heard, and you can tell me if it's true or not, yeah, that when you have kids, you manage your time way better. Yes, for sure. For have sure. like this window here and that window here for yourself and yeah. you're not going to pass it up. So you yeah. Like, yeah. really use that time. Right. And I mean, I've heard it so much. And also I've heard from a lot of mothers, their creative juices are just can be overflowing mm-hmm. with the kids around. Yeah. They have definitely enriched my life and made the free time without them seems so much more so precious. Yeah. Yeah. Like I'm so much more grateful for it. You know, I used to have kind of unlimited time for, you know, doing what I wanted to do. And And when you think that you're probably like, yeah, I know exactly. I I can only imagine. So they're a blessing. You probably get a lot done because of them. (laughs) Yeah. No, I, I for sure. I for sure do. Yeah. Um, and I think they've inspired a lot of the stuff that I've done too. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I think it's, it would be similar to having kind of any, you know, like big project, like a nonprofit, for example, yeah. you know, in your life. Exactly. You're, you're tending towards something. It's your baby. Yeah. Every artistic yeah. project becomes yeah. my baby. One of my good friends, she's an astrologer and she always says that, you know, she's like, um, Sangeeta, this is a really good year for fertility. And I'm like, cool. Okay. She's like, but you know what that means, right? It can either be a human child or it can be a project. So, <laughs> so far it's been projects. So far it's been like lots of baby projects. <laughs> so funny. But it is, it is true on that, that aspect mm-hmm. as well. It's, um, you do treat all of your projects as your child. You love them. You raise them. Mm-hmm. You you think of all the little details of how you can grow them beautifully to flower into this perfect mm-hmm. thing, you know. And then ultimately realize that they're their own. Exactly. <laughs> their and own then eventually you have to just yeah. release them. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. I think that I think that the the projects are probably really good practice for that too because <laughs> it's it's hard. I can imagine it. It was a little bit more difficult to just with a that. human. Yeah. I mean, even just like dropping my eldest off at school because they just started to go to school three days oh. ago. This is their third oh day. Oh my god! Um, like ever in their life. So when I dropped him off, I was like, "Oh my god, this is like intense. This oh, is an intense gosh. feeling of letting him go." How you did know? you? How yeah. how was it? it well, it, we. We just had, we had, I had found such great places for them to go. Like the teachers were just so wonderful that I knew, yeah. I knew they They'd were going to have hands. a great experience. So good. I wasn't worried about that. It was just sort of the, the, the different, you know, it's like, this is a different stage now. So, so three days in, yeah. are you still kind of like, hmm, what do I do? <laughs> no, I have plenty to do. I'm like, oh my God, I got to go pick them up. <laughs> Right. How, so, how many hours yeah. are they away from you? Um, 
let's see, about six, I think. Wow. Mama, that's like six hours that you did. (laughs) I know. (laughs) Well, you know, with the, with like going, you know, dropping them off and all that, it's maybe like five myself. Yeah. Um, But yeah, I mean, it's amazing. So what are you going to do? Well, I do this. this give you more time to write? Yeah, I, well, I do a lot of recording, so I'll be, you know, recording. I have a little studio. I have my own, you know, studio where I can have my own vocals. Yeah. Um, so I collaborate with somebody in Sweden and I've been, um, might do another project with, with another friend, but anyway, just do more recording time. Yeah. Work on music. I'm really into reinterpreting covers or like other people's songs right now. So <laughs> I'm working on something right now. Um, what else? Like, uh, I'm sure there's lots of other things that I'm forgetting, but yeah, just, you know, um, oh, well, duh, I'm also a coach. So I have, you know, these locked out times for, um, you know, meeting with clients and amazing. What kind of coaching are you, are you doing exactly? I work with a channel. He's Mm -hmm. sort of like Abraham Hicks of you. Mm -hmm. Okay. So he's, so his name is Gary and he channels a group of beings called Joshua. And I've been working with him for about a year and he has this eight week, like awesome boot camp, mm-hmm. And, um, uh, so I joined as a coach. So I, I've been, I've been doing that. I've been leading some of the calls and then mainly what I do is just talk to people about the boot camp. Um, oh, I see. Yeah. That is so fascinating. Okay. I'm yeah. going to make this really, really short. I remember, <laughs> I wonder if they're really, I, I don't know. I don't think so, but years ago, I, someone invited me. They're like, oh, let's come go to this channeling workshop. I said, okay, cool. So I joined and, you know, I was blustered that day where there was traffic and then I honestly did not feel grounded. I was just, okay, let me just show up and see how this all works out. So they led us through our meditation to um, uh, establish our gatekeeper, uh-huh. right? And so there was some visualization and like direction of how to establish a gatekeeper. And so I'm listening and I'm talk to me about what that means. Establishing, establishing your gatekeeper. Somebody just told me I was a gatekeeper the other day and I, okay. So, yeah, you know, actually that makes sense because you're the one that's talking about the program and you're kind of (laughs) like, you're kind of like the before person before they enter into like, the realm of channeling, right? Wow. Yeah. Okay. So you are, yeah. you are kind of, um, you're, you're, what is his name? The one that you work with? Oh, his name is Gary and the beings, the teachers are Joshua. Yeah. So, um, you're probably one of Gary's gatekeepers, right? Yeah, interesting. Cause my birth name is Porter, which means Door. the gatekeeper. And yeah. The, yeah. Yeah. Um, Okay, so gatekeeper <laughs> is so once you're channeling, and this is just a it's like a general channeling concept. So each person may be channeling somebody, an entity that's completely different, right? Uh-huh. But the gatekeeper is um, basically you. It's a meditation and a visualization of meeting who the person is that will be your guard before you let any energies through. Oh, okay. So yeah, any yeah. entities, any energies, any spirits, any, you know, whatever it is, whoever it is that you're channeling before they can pass through to meet you in a way, there is your gatekeeper, your trusted, yeah. loving gatekeeper. 
And so we were, that was the first step was to establish the gatekeeper. And so my, I remember listening and following those directions and visualizing this and seeing that. And then at one point the, the guide was saying, okay, um, your gatekeeper's walking toward you now and just see what they're wearing, observe what they're wearing, observe their manners and of walking and da, da, da. And so, you know, I saw um, a, a male figure wearing a drapey, beautiful white cloak walking toward me. And, you know, my thought, I mean, honestly, like I said, I wasn't grounded. So I was like, I'm just making all this stuff up in my own head. <laughs> I'm imagining I'm creating it myself, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. So I was like, I'm not really in it, but I'm kind of, so I, but I did, I saw somebody walking toward me in this white drapey, beautiful gown. And then um, the guy said, now ask your gatekeeper what their name is. And so telepathically, I asked, what is your name? And um, he replied back, Joshua. Oh, interesting. Right? <laughs> and so then, um, then finally we completed it and they brought us back. And everyone, they were asking questions. So what did you discover? Who did who is your gatekeeper? Da, da. One woman raised her hand and spoke about a previous experience she had. Um, she said, well, I'm Jewish. And um, so, you know, I meet Yeshua all the time. Uh -huh. And then, um, and she's like, but everybody knows who Yeshua is, you know, that's Jesus, but his American name is Joshua. And so I was like, that's <laughs> I just met a Joshua that now come to think of it looked like Jesus. <laughs> oh, how funny. <laughs> and because I, I, I didn't put it together that Yeshua uh -huh. comes all the time to people, but Yeshua is his Hebrew name. Yeah. 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 And, um, and so I, at that moment, I said, whether I was grounded or not, Jesus came to me. Yeah. Joshua came to me. He spoke my language. He spoke English, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, so that's my, so my Joshua story. Yeah, it's so beautiful. Yeah, so yeah, it's I interesting started, that you mentioned that. I know. Isn't that funny? Oh, cool. Yeah. I knew this was going to be a fun conversation. <laughs> <laughs> So I, I always, and I grew up Catholic, so that's why in my head I was like, oh, maybe it's my Catholic thing, you know, <laughs> you know, like the subconscious thing. But no, it, it really now when I tap into it, it feels that was real. Yeah. That was very, very real. Yeah. yeah. It's beautiful. What a cool experience. And mm -hmm. so the rest of the workshop was, went, went on after that. So the rest of the workshop, honestly, I don't even remember because oh, that, okay. was so, that was so was such a powerful, <laughs> profound experience. Yeah. 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 Oh, cool. Thank you so much for taking the time to do this. I know oh you're my God. busy and oh, you're recovering. No. So I really appreciate it. It feels good. It feels good after yeah. recovering to like get out and talk. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. To use your voice. And, yeah. 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 Um, would you like to tell people how they can find out more about you? Yeah, sure. Um, so all the social media stuff, I'm on Facebook, Sangeetakar Teresa Mai. Okay. Um, you can also find me on Instagram, Sangeetakar Teresa Mai as well. Mm -hmm. um, and my website is sangeetakarmusic.com. Okay. And I will post a link to that in awesome. the podcast description box. You can click on that. Yeah. And thank you so much. Thank you. Have a beautiful day. You too. <laughs> so good to talk with you and to yeah, see you. Too.